Indianapolis continues to have opportunity. Sometimes I think the city is working against its best interest. But those who came before created a groundwork that people still believe in. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. And we see it, of course, in this convention business. And we have more hotels that are wanting to come in. We've got a uh, apartment uh, project, 23 stories. There's 26 stories that wants to come in. And we've got the 2022 college football playoff national championship coming in less than 200 days. Gary Dick joins us now from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Uh, this is a big story. This is a big business. We are less than 200 days away. What's the work going into it and what is the financial output expected from it? Well, the projected, Tony, uh, economic impact has been pegged at $150 million. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But the, the estimate is there will be more than 100,000 people coming in to downtown Indianapolis for what is a four-day event. The event is on a Monday, uh, January 10, but it really is a four-day event of entertainment and a variety of things happening uh, downtown. So the impact uh, is certainly substantial. The planning, this was announced, you know, it's been uh, four years. It was announced in 2017, so it's been a while. A lot of planning has taken place. There's private fundraising, a massive volunteer effort, uh, and really putting plans uh, around uh, what will happen in downtown Indianapolis. Um, Mark Howell, who's the chairman of the local uh, organizing committee, was on the, uh, the show this weekend and talked about creating a campus, what he termed a championship campus in downtown Indianapolis. It's going to stretch uh, essentially from uh, White River State Park to Monument Circle to Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Uh, down Georgia Street to Lucas Oil Stadium. There's going to be entertainment, uh, live concerts uh, there on Monument Circle uh, downtown, a big fan fest, if you will, an interactive uh, uh, situation at the Indiana Convention Center. So it's going to be a big deal. And again, the global spotlight will be on Indianapolis. We saw this uh, for men's basketball, the NCAA, and Mm -hmm. the importance of street art, of festivals, of, of being able to be downtown and to uh, be able to engage experience. Are there people who worry about things that are happening downtown as we report here at WIBC on some of the, the violence going on in the city? Are people worried that uh, this trend could affect those coming for a game like this? Because this will have fans. They will be there in the stands in full. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's any question that privately there's there's concern. There's not a talk a lot of talk outwardly, publicly about it. But uh, I, I think it's only common sense that that, that would be a concern. And uh, leading up to this uh, event, again, another opportunity for Indianapolis to put its best foot forward. And let's face it, the city has has created and, and really earned this reputation as a sports capital and a big event city. Uh, just pulled off the Indianapolis 500, obviously, which we do every year. But this year, the largest sporting event or the largest event uh, anywhere in the world since the pandemic. So Indy, March Madness, you mentioned that a moment ago. Indy has proven time and time again it can do it. But I think there is that underlying uh, concern, and and I'm sure there will be a focus on making sure everything's ready to go uh, uh, in time for that event. Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter. 
at IIB. Uh, also talking about the Brewers of Indiana Guild hiring a new executive uh, director. Uh, I- I'm not familiar yeah. with Caitlin uh, Hendricks specifically. I-, I think the bigger question is how is beer doing in Indiana and what does the future look like? Yeah, I, well, I think uh, you know beer is uh, is uh, is doing quite well. I think, and and you know very well because I know you follow that uh, follow that scene as as I do a bit, and we do from a business standpoint. The number of uh, of breweries of local uh, uh, breweries has exploded uh, in recent years. Obviously, some of the a- actual in-person uh, uh, breweries, the sites, the the uh, micro breweries around the state, some suffered during the pandemic, and uh, we saw three Floyds, uh, which is huge. And Northwest Indiana uh, actually closed their tasting room uh, in Northwest Indiana, so there has been a, a, an impact. But I think that uh, that craft beer. Uh, wave, if you will, continues here in Indiana. And I think the hope is coming out of the pandemic, uh, things will begin to get healthy again. Let me now uh, take you down a different road. This is the road of casinos. Of course, we saw that yeah. the Hard Rock people, uh, uh, I, I think it's, uh, what's that? it's a what, Lucy Luck uh, Gaming, I uh-huh. think they yeah. are. They're, they were, did not have their license uh, renewed. They don't have the dollars to even put together the casino that they were planning. Meanwhile, uh, the horseshoe there, the Hammond Casino, stays under current ownership, and this has a lot to do with Caesars that came in to Indiana uh, and also picked up uh, the Indiana Grand uh, in, in, in Shelbyville. Where yeah. is, is it that Indiana is very cool with betting on sports but isn't interested in betting on blackjack? Or is there a market for it? We just haven't figured out how to find the people who can operate these things properly. Well, I think it's just the the, the ebb and flow uh, to me in terms of the business model uh, for for casinos, and we've seen the the huge influx of competition from neighboring states uh, in, in in recent years, and that's certainly having an impact there. I think the news, and you touched on it, as uh, the Terre Haute Casino, uh, which a lot of people in Terre Haute were really uh, banking on and looking forward to, and and talking about this influx of people coming into the community uh, once this casino gets built the fact that uh, this organization was uh, was denied the renewal of the of the license there puts that whole project uh, in question it's not that it's not going to happen but a lot of questions around that right now so for these communities who've in, invested a lot and who, who depend on them it, it's changed and i think it'll continue to be a changing and kind of evolving uh, marketplace when it comes to casinos uh, probably for the foreseeable future that right there is uh, Gary Dick uh, from InsideIndianaBusiness.com uh, on Twitter at IIB. Uh, before I, I, I let you go, uh, general feel around the state about life post-COVID and yeah. uh, coming back. Uh, optimistic, cautiously optimistic. There are problems we don't quite understand regarding labor and and uh, actual materials. Uh, what are you hearing? I, to me, Tony, and this is just a gut feel, uh, just based on conversations I'm having around the state, I think it's going from cautiously optimistic to more optimistic. You know, the masks are off, and psychologically, I think if nothing else, that's a, that's a big benefit. I think the, the employment, the, the, uh, the workforce situation is one that's a big question mark, especially in the restaurant hospitality industries, those, those areas in particular. But I think more and more as, as things uh, continue to open up and uh, there's demand out there, 
I think there's 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 a level of optimism uh, that's beginning to percolate around the state. 